Well, open your Bibles, please, to the little book of Jonah. And last week we we started uh, a study about the journey of Jonah. The journey of Jonah. In last week's message, we talked about Jonah's duty. We looked at only the first two verses, and we talked about who he was. It's always an important factor. We talked about where he was sent to Nineveh, a cruel, ungodly, wicked, vile people that just happened to be the enemy of his people, and God sent him there. And thirdly, we talked about what he was called to do. And verse number 2 tells us God sent him there to go and to cry against it. He wasn't there in order to try to win friends and influence people. He wasn't there to try to establish some sort of a peace treaty between the nations. He wasn't there with the message of, I'm okay, you're okay. He was there to cry against it. And, uh, well, uh, it doesn't take much imagination to figure out what is about to happen next. That was his duty, but tonight we're going to consider his disobedience. And we begin in verse number 3, and it says, But Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord, And went down to Joppa, and he found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare thereof, and went down into it to go with them unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. But the Lord sent out a great wind into the sea, and there was a mighty tempest in the sea, so the ship was like to be broken. And then the mariners were afraid, and cried every man unto his God." And cast forth the wares that were in the, in the ship into the sea to lighten it of them. But Jonah was gone down into the sides of the ship, and he lay and was fast asleep. Well, as we're going to see later on, in fact we see the beginning of it here, disobedience can be dangerous. And you know, there's a lot of times we get ourselves in difficult situations because we simply fail to listen to God. And uh, Christians, even preachers, are not exempt from that. And the thing of it is, the fact that we know the Lord and we know God's will for our life and we refuse to do it, God requires more out of His people than He does out of other people. Uh, Someone else might be able to get by with something, uh, at least it appears that way, for a measure of time. But God often strikes quickly when it comes to chastising his children. I think about David and David's sin, the high price that David paid, and the fact that we can look in the Bible and see other instances where people committed similar sins and, and judgment was not forthcoming, at least so quickly. But uh, when you're in a position of leadership especially, or as a Christian, you're representing Christ, God has certain expectations of you. 
And so here we see Jonah, a man of God. Remember, he's already somewhat of a famous prophet. He's already established a reputation for himself, well known among his people. And now we see this same man rebelling against God. Now notice, he did not simply refuse to go, he ran away. You know, he could have said, I'm not going. You know, I'm just going to scotch my feet and square my shoulders and stand my ground and I'm I'm not going. Uh, Period. End of story. But he didn't do that. Notice he is running away and, and you can mark it down. He wasn't the first nor the last person to make that mistake because there's a lot of people even today doing exactly the same thing. They know what God wants them to do and yet they are running from God, And if that happens to be your case, you need to listen carefully to this story as it unfolds. Now I want you to notice in verse number 3, notice his departure. It says, Jonah rose up to flee. Well, he couldn't sit still, could he? I mean, you know, he couldn't just stay there where he was. And whenever I think about that, he rose up to flee. It just reminds me of the fact that rebellion for the child of God always brings a spirit of restlessness. We're just never content, never happy. Because when things are not right between us and God, nothing else is right. I mean, we can have plenty of money in the bank, our Our body can be strong and healthy, have a nice automobile to drive, have plenty of friends and have all of that security and everything else. But when things are not right between us and God, it just seems like everything else is wrong. And here he is restless in a spirit of rebellion and he begins running from God. And when we try to think about all the different reasons, and I don't know about you, but whenever I think about what somebody has done that is so foolish as this, I, I, you know, I try to reason it out in my mind. Why would he do something like that? And uh, we're going to look, I think, at the main reason later on. But let me, let me just remind you, I think this is important. The reason, the reason for our rebellion is not, is not the most important thing. It doesn't really, when you get down to it, make any difference why we rebel against God. It's the fact that we do that is so serious because we are never justified in disobeying God. And sometimes, you know, obeying God can be a very difficult thing. This was going to be difficult for Jonah beyond any shadow of a doubt. But regardless of the circumstances, regardless of the consequences, when we know what God wants us to do, we ought to do it. And uh, Jonah, Jonah was not of such uh, uh, a mind to obey God at this point in time in his life. But... But it evidently didn't have anything to do with what he was going to leave. And and, and I mention that because a lot of times people are reluctant to do what God wants them to do because of of what they've got to leave. You know, uh, I, I think back to whenever God called me to preach and I had to make some other decisions. And as time went along and I began pastoring churches, I, I had to make decisions and uh 
had to leave people, leave people, that, you know, that we loved. I, our children didn't have the privilege of growing up around their grandma and grandpa because, uh, you know, Bev and I had them on, on the road in uh, different places, and uh, uh, that's that's where God put us. There was something to leave. But when I surrendered to preach, I told the Lord, regardless of where you want me to go, I'm willing to go. And it wouldn't have made any difference if it had been California. As much as I dislike California, I would have gone to California. It didn't make any difference, you see. And uh, But it's difficult to leave certain things. Not only that. Whenever we think about leaving something, it's not just it's not just our loved ones that sometimes we uh, ha- have to leave. Sometimes it's the security, maybe a, 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 the security of a job or whatever it is. But being where God wants you to be, doing what God wants you to do, is more important than anything that you decide to do. Because every Christian has the responsibility. To obey God, Jonah decides that he is going to rise up and flee from where he's at. Now, notice verse 3 tells us not only about his departure, but it tells us about his destination. Well, let me say his intended destination. It says he rose up to flee, notice, uh, to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. Now, he never arrived there, but that's where he was headed and you know, a lot of times that is often the case with people that, that set out in pursuit of their own dreams. They ignore what God wants for their life, and they're determined they're going to do what they want to do, and uh, they never get there. And that's what we see here. Uh, Tarshish was west. Nineveh was east. And I think it's interesting that he, uh, he didn't just go in a different direction he went in the opposite direction. We're talking about 180 degrees away from where God wanted him to be. That's kind of like saying that I want to get as far away from where God wants me to be as I can possibly get because he's going in the opposite direction as fast as he can. And um, notice it says he goes to Joppa. This is a port city on the eastern shore of the Mediterranean. He catches a ship going to Tarshish that probably wasn't all that difficult. And he catches the ship, and, and, and Tarshish means delightsome, and Joppa means beautiful. Now, keep that in mind because he's turning away from where God wants him to be, and he's going to a place that is called delightful and a place that is called very fair or pleasant, something bright, something beautiful. And uh, I don't think it's straining the point to say that that's typical of human nature because we tend to choose what's delightful over what is difficult. And so many people, you know, whenever you talk about serving the Lord and they don't want to serve God, they don't want to make that commitment, why? Why? Well, because they have to give up something. That, that you know, that, that their main interest is in gratifying the flesh, not glorifying God. And because of the difficulty in giving up something, they go ahead and rebel against the Lord. But there's more to it than that. Because I said a while ago, we'll see the real reason that he takes off. And that is, notice that he was fleeing, it says, from the presence of the Lord. He wanted to get away from God. You know, that's exactly the way 
rebellion works. It breaks our fellowship with God. Now, think about how foolish this is. Remember the psalmist said, Though I make my bed in hell, thou art there. In other words, God is what we call omnipresent. He is everywhere. You can't get away from the presence of the Lord, and yet it says here that's exactly what he's trying to do. He's trying to flee from the presence of the Lord. Well, of all people, here is a prophet of God. He should have known better. He should have known that you can't get away from God. But you see, that shows the problem is that when we're in rebellion against God, we're not reasonable. We do some of the most foolish things imaginable. Uh, you know, just common sense would tell you that God's way is the best way. It's not only the right way, it's the best way, it's the safest way, and yet we do just exactly the opposite, knowing knowing that we're not just doing wrong, knowing that we are putting ourselves in jeopardy. And so he is running away from God, and we see people do that all of the time. They come to a church service, the Spirit of God begins to convict them and prick their conscience, and the Word of God speaks to their heart. And they're, like my daddy said one time when I tried to get him to come back to church and he had never trusted Christ at that point in time. And I said, Dad, why don't you come back to church? And uh, he said, well, son, he said, I thought going to church was supposed to make you feel good. And I said, well, it can, you know. And he said, well, whenever I come to church and listen to you preach, he said, I go away feeling miserable. And, and I tried to explain to him, you're going to be miserable as, until you trust Christ as your Savior, until you stop resisting the Holy Spirit, you know, until you do what God wants you to do, you're going to be miserable. But there will be people that are running from God and they'll do all kinds of foolish things in order to try to divert their attention away from God. They'll get maybe all wrapped up in some hobby or Politics or just anything to try to get their mind off of God. Well, here we see that Jonah has decided that he's going somewhere that is pleasant, somewhere that is delightful. Enough of this. He has absolutely no inclination about, you know, going to, down to Tarshish because the enemy is there. Well, notice verse number three. Here we see his direction. Notice it says he went down. He went down. First it says he went down to Joppa. Then it says, notice, he went down into the ship. Then he went, and you'll see later, he goes down into the sea, and then he goes down into the whale's belly. In other words, it's down, 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 and that's always the direction a person goes when they're running from God. He went down. That's the direction of his life. And he, notice, it says he paid the fare. He paid the fare. There's an old sermon outline that just about every preacher has used at some time in their ministry. I happened to mention it in one of the morning manners this week. And that is that sin, sin will cost you more than you want to pay. It'll, it'll take you further than you want to go and cost you more than you want to pay and keep you longer than you want to stay. I'll tell you, listen, there's a high price for sin. And it says he paid the fare in more ways than one. 
But literally speaking, he paid the fare. because He wasn't a stowaway. Now think about this. He actually paid the fare. Uh, he wasn't trying to get on board and uh, uh, in, in some way to deprive them of what was rightfully theirs. So you could say Jonah is being absolutely honest with the captain of the ship. He paid the fare there, but the same man that pays the fare to his fellow man does what is decent, right, and honest to others. That same man is what? He's using the money that God gave him to pay the fare to run away from God. And so many times, whether it's our time, our talent, or our tithe, Regardless of what area of our life it is, so many times we'll take what God has given us and use it for exactly the opposite reason of what God intended. And that's exactly what he's doing here. He's running away from God. He paid the fare. He's honest with everybody else except himself and with God. And, you know, it just tells me that sin is spiritual insanity. It really is. Because he ended up paying a whole lot more than what he intended. You know, whenever, whenever you begin to think in your mind and, and maybe you're, you're wondering to yourself how you can make life easier, how it could be more pleasant, how you could get out from under that heavy load that, you know, you're carrying, maybe in Christian service or whatever it is, and you begin to think about, uh, uh, trying to relieve yourself of all of that pre- pressure, you better stop and think about what it might cost you in the end. And boy, I tell you, Jonah would have been a whole lot better off had he stopped and thought about what this might cost me. He's going down. It's so sad. I said this morning, it's just heartbreaking to see people that are enslaved by Satan. And it's also heartbreaking when you see people that are making decisions, taking them away from God, and you just watch their life, and it's on a steady decline. They're going down, 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 further and further away from God. Now, that brings us to his dilemma, verse 4 and 5. And there are three things here that I want you to notice in these two verses concerning his dilemma. First of all, there's the furious storm. Notice it says, The Lord sent a great wind into the sea, and there was a mighty tempest in the sea, so that the ship was like to be broken. You know, just whenever, you know, it seems that everything is out of control, God reminds us that He is in control. And it's showing us here that even the elements of the weather are under God's control. It's always been so strange to me that, you know, we'll go for year after year after year, and uh, and there's never any plea from the governor's mansion uh, never any prayer request to pray for this or that. And a few years ago, uh, you know, whenever we were going through some difficult times with weather and uh, the governor, you know, got on the television and asked the people to pray, you know, uh, about the weather situation. You, you don't hear people pray much about the weather anymore, do you? Uh, 
that God is in control of the weather. And if you go through the Bible, you'll notice there are several instances in the Bible where God used the elements in some way or another to bring judgment upon people. Now, if God could do that back then, God can do that today. And don't you think for a minute that God can't dry up the crops, so to speak. I mean, he can put us, he can put us in a financial bind as a nation. He can either cause our economy to prosper or he can destroy it. And, and when we lose sight of the fact that that is in God's hands, we're in a lot of trouble. You know, there's a reason why that our leaders at one time said we want to make it you know, our motto, in God we trust. There's a good reason for that. That's where our trust needs to be. So here he is now in this storm. And the strange thing about it is the elements, the wind and the rain, all of these things are bowing down in obedience to their Creator. They're all obeying God. And uh, the only only one out of step with God's who? The prophet. God's messenger. One of God's own people. And that's the way it is so many times. The wind and the waves obey His will. And we as Christians, you know, uh, resist His will and rebel against Him. So here He is in a furious storm. Now look at verse number 5 because here we see... The fearful sailors, it says, Then the mariners were afraid and cried every man unto his God. Now remember, this is no ordinary storm. These mariners were accustomed to storms out on the sea, and so I'm certain they had been through difficult times like this before. Uh, but this, this is something that is even beyond the scope of what was ordinary for them, and they are frightened. Now, remember, as far as we know, these men haven't done anything wrong by way of rebelling against God. Now, I know they're heathen. They do not even profess, you know, to believe in the Jehovah God of the Jews. But that's not the point. These men are not in rebellion as Jonah is, but they are suffering as a result of what Jonah is doing. And so many times others have to suffer as a consequence of what we're doing. In other words, our actions affects other people. We need to think about that. There's so many times, you know, somebody will get out of the will of God and it'll have an adverse effect on their family, an adverse effect on the church or the entire community. Before you do anything, before you rebel against God, you need to stop and think, how is this going to affect other people. I feel so sorry for these little children that are raised in homes that are not, you know, Christian homes. And, and to think about what so many of them have to go through and the difficulties they face. And it, it's just so hard to think about uh, what, what they suffer as a result of what mom and dad decide to do. So we need to consider not only the effect it has on us, we're going down, the effect it has on everybody else that we come in contact with. Now, the third and the final thing I want you to notice is the foolish servant. We're talking about Jonah, of course. Look at verse 5 again. Notice it says he was what? 
fast asleep. Fast asleep. Everybody else is excited. Those mariners, they're praying to their gods. They're throwing stuff overboard, trying to lighten the ship to keep it afloat. They're doing everything in their power in order to save the ship. It just, you know, again goes to show that you can get in situations where religion doesn't help and human effort doesn't help. They're doing everything in their power to try to bring the ship to safety and nothing is working. And here is Jonah down in the sides of the ship asleep. And, 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 you know, you've got to ask yourself, how in the world can a person go to sleep at a time like this? The waves are slapping, you know, and the wind is gusting and the waves are beating on the side of the boat and the boat is bobbing up and down like a cork in the ocean and there's old Jonah fast asleep. Well, I don't have all of the answers. I don't know exactly what he was thinking, but I know the Bible says that when a person rebels against God, they become, quote, dull of hearing, That is that you just can't break through that hard shell. You just can't get through to them because they become insensitive. And uh, every pastor knows what it is to go through those dry seasons where regardless of how hard you preach, regardless of what you preach, regardless of how much you pray or what you do, it all seems to be in vain because there just doesn't seem to be any way to break through. And listen, we are in a pitiful shape whenever we think about the condition of the world and we think about the commission that we have received. Listen, we're not all that much different than Jonah. We think about the fact that God has given us a commission to do what? To go into all of the world and to preach the gospel to every creature. That's our responsibility. That we, listen, we have the only message that, that, that brings hope and help to fallen man. And that's the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. That's the only thing that's going to help people. So many times we want to make a better world. Well, I've got news for you. You're not going to create a better world. It's a fallen world, a sinful world that we live in. And the only hope for anyone is the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know, we look at the ads on TV and, and uh, boy, especially whenever Sarah McLaughlin is singing and with her singing voice and uh, she's on the one with the dogs, isn't it, I think, and have these dogs and these cats and those sad eyes. And, and by the I'm a dog lover. I, I love dogs, by the way. Uh, <laughs> dogs. But it just makes you, you know, they talk about all them little animals dying. It just makes you want to grab your billfold and send some money. But then, boy, whenever they come on there with those sad songs and those little, those little kids, uh, man, that just does something to you. Let me tell you something that's worse, worse than starving little children. And that's little children and men and women who never hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's one thing to lack bread and to die of starvation. That's one thing. It's another thing to die and spend eternity in a devil's hell. 
That is the worst thing imaginable, to be eternally separated from God. The good news is we don't have to be separated from God for eternity. And that's because Jesus Christ loved us enough that He died on the cross to pay our sin debt and that by trusting Him as our Lord and our Savior that our sins can be forgiven, we can become a part of God's family, we can have heaven as our home. But listen, a good portion of the world doesn't know anything about that. And that's why Jesus said, I want you to go into all of the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Let me show you what the problem is. Turn over to Romans chapter 13. Here's the problem. Just like Jonah, we know what we ought to do. But just like Jonah, a lot of times we are fast asleep. Verse 11, Romans 13 verse 11 And that knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness, and let us put on the armor of light, Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting and drunkenness and (coughs) chambering and wantonness, not in strife and envying, but put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. Fast asleep. Asleep at the wheel when we ought to be out there doing our best to reach those for Christ. You know, Paul said that we are to redeem the time because the days are evil. We've got only a limited amount of time upon this earth, right? We have no idea when our last day is going to be. Whatever we do, we need to do quickly. Probably every person here has relatives or friends, loved ones that are unsaved. What are you going to do about it? Have you talked to them about the Lord? Have you taken the Bible and shared with them the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ? Have you made any effort to try to encourage them to become a Christian? Because one of these days, one of these days, you'll have your last opportunity to do that. I read a story that, and I'm going to close with this, but it, I, think, I think it illustrates the point that I want to leave with you tonight. Many long years ago, there was a 13-year-old Mongolian who had inherited a bit of land, in fact, quite a bit of land, I guess, from his father. This boy uh, was uh, just brilliant, had natural instincts that made him a, a military strategist, but he was also ruthless. And he formed fighting bands, and they went from village to village to village until finally he's ruling over two million people in the Mongolian Empire. It stretched from China to India and from Siberia and to the edges of Western Europe. They gave this young man the title of of Genghis Khan. He ruled over more territory than anyone has ever ruled 
on the earth, so historians say. But at the same time, there was a great spiritual revival going on in Western Europe. After the death of King Kong, the bulk of the empire went to his grandson, Kubiak Khan, and he had in his court two Italians by the name of Polo. It so happened that one of them was the father of Marcus Polo and the other was the uncle. And uh, these two men began to talk to him about Christianity and the importance of it. And he became interested in it. And so he asked them if they would go back to Europe and bring a hundred Christian missionaries to evangelize the country. And here's what he said... When, when we learn about Christianity, there will be more Christians in my empire than in all of Europe. So the Polo brothers go back to Europe with the message. And no one was interested in going. Finally, finally sometime later, they decided they would go. And some then turned back, and ultimately nobody went back. So the Polo brothers come back, and uh, when they get back, Kubia Khan asked, Where are the missionaries? And they said they didn't want to come. Later on, there was a group of missionaries that decided that they would go. But you guessed it. By the time they decided that they would go, it was too late and the opportunity had passed and the door was shut. Now, I mention all of that to say this. Can you imagine what might have happened had those hundred missionaries gone there when Kubla Khan made that request, send us a hundred of those missionaries. We'll become the biggest Christian nation in all of the world. And nobody was interested. We need to stop tonight and ask ourselves, how concerned are we about the unsaved around us? Jonah wasn't all that concerned. He said, I'm going somewhere that is delightful and pleasant. I'll be a lot happier there. Well, it didn't turn out that way. And I've got news for you. It won't turn out that way with you either. If you're running from God, if you're rebelling against God, if you're disobeying God, listen, you need to do something about it right now. I've often... I've often thought about the prodigal son and that story and whenever he decides he's going to leave his father and he goes off into a far country and like like all of us are, you know, are aware of, he spent all he had in riotous living. I mean, he's down to the bare bones bottom. Nothing is left. All is gone. And I've often thought how much better it would have been, you know, whenever he started down that road away from his father, had he got to thinking and said, you know, this is the mistake of my life. This is the stupidest thing I've ever done. What am I, what do I think I'm doing? And if he had turned around and gone right back, 
he would have still had his inheritance. He would have still had his honor, his reputation, and everything. But instead of doing that, he just kept going. Jonah is about to learn that it doesn't pay to run from God. And it wouldn't pay for you either. Do what God wants you to do. Regardless of what anybody else says or what they think or what it costs, just do it. And I'll guarantee you, you'll be glad you did later on. Let's all stand together. I don't know what God might be speaking to your heart about. I don't know what it is God would have you to do, but I know you'll be happier and God will be pleased and somebody else will be blessed if you'll do it. Father, we pray tonight that you'll just use your word to speak to our hearts. We pray, Lord, that you'll just do a work by your spirit that would literally change our lives. God, give us a deep abiding concern for those that are unsaved around us. May we take advantage of every opportunity we have to tell somebody about the Lord Jesus Christ and His power to save them from their sins.